Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. I'm Isabel Zubkonig, and today we are studying the 24th Daf of Masechet Sachin. On today's Daf, we encounter two versions of a statement from Rabbi Yochanan. Rabbi Yochanan was an important Amora 3rd century from Eretz Israel, and he was widely credited with compiling the Jerusalem Talmud. The statement we encounter today is one that is foundational in Jewish medical ethics, and is an example of the legal that category of Patur of al-Asr, cases where transgression of forbidden things or actions is exempted from its normal punishment. I believe we can also use the statement we will learn today as a window into the social function of our dietary laws, and a way into a conversation about how we conceive of the role of the halakhic system insofar as it relates to the ways in which it connects Jews to and isolates Jews from the non-Jewish world. The first version of Rabbi Yochanan's statement is as follows. Amar Rabbi Abahu Amar Rabbi Yochanan Kol Yisurim Shabbat Torah Ein Lokin Aleihem Ela Derech Achilatan Rabbi Abahu said in Rabbi Yochanan's name, We do not impose the punishment of lashes for any prohibition in the Torah, meaning here anything that is prohibited from being eaten, except when it is eaten in its normal manner. Gemara then gives us a clarifying question. Lima'utemai, what does this exclude? Meaning, what cases are we referring to where someone would be exempt from being punished by lashes for eating a forbidden food? Rav Shimi Bar'ashi answers, saying, This excludes one who eats raw chalev, if a person eats that raw chalev in a non-normative way and he would be exempt from punishment. So what's going on here? On first blush, it isn't exactly clear what Rabbi Yochanan is referring to when he declares that the only time one is punished for violating kashrut laws is when one eats a food in its normal manner. So the obvious question is asked, what is he talking about? What cases, types of food, situations, is his broad statement actually practically coming to allow? So Rabbi Rav Shimi Bar Ashi clarifies that Rabbi Yochanan's teaching was brought in order to teach that one may eat raw chalev. Biblically, chalev was a particular kind of animal fat that was part of the thank offerings made to God, and thus prohibited from general consumption. The rabbis eventually held that chalev, regardless of whether it had been given as a part of a sacrifice or not, was forbidden from both consumption and benefit. The normal way one would have consumed chalev would have been after it was cooked. So eating it raw would not have been eating it in its normal fashion, and thus, according to Rabbi Yochanan's teaching, eating raw chalev, while forbidden, would not merit punishment. What is still unclear from this passage is why anyone would need to eat raw animal fat in the first place, and why it made sense to Rabbi Yochanan to decline punishment for such infractions. We can draw some clarity, at least by inference, from the alternative version of Rabbi Yochanan's teaching that was also transmitted on our job. Ika de Amre, Amar Rabbi Abahu, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Kol Yisrin Shabbat Torah, Ein Lokin Aleihem, Ela Derechana Atan. There are some who say that Rabbi Abahu said in Rabbi Yochanan's name, we do not impose the punishment of lashes for any prohibition, except when one benefits from it in its normal manner. 
So in this version of the teaching, Rabbi Yochanan teaches that one only receives punishment for using forbidden items if one uses them in their normative manner. But if one uses the item in a non-normative way, then he declines to dole out the punishment. The Gemara continues the teaching in the same manner as the first, asking, What does this exclude? So what's the practical example here in Rabbi Yochanan, this version of Rabbi Yochanan's teaching? Rav Shimi Barashi says, this excludes a case where one put the chelev of a shor hanizkal on his wound. He should be exempt from punishment for using forbidden item. And all the more so, if he ate raw chelev, he would be exempt. So, first, just as a reminder, the Shor Haniskal is an ox that is killed by stoning uh, because of its habit of perpetually, perpetually boring. Uh, this is a biblical uh, injunction to, to kill an ox who behaves in this way, and we're forbidden to eat or benefit from its remains. And so here in the second version of the teaching, we end up gaining some important insight as to the broad parameters in which Rabbi Yochanan might have been offering his teaching more broadly in general. According to Rashi, the normative usage of chalev would have been enlightening and softening high, something a tanner would do. But Rav Shimi Bar-Ashi comes to teach us here that the situation where Rabbi Yochanan's teaching would apply, meaning that one could derive benefit from the chalev without receiving the normal required punishment, was in the case of a person using the chalev as a wound dressing, a practice that was common throughout ancient Mesopotamia and ancient Greece in order to occlude, ro- occlude wounds and promote healing. So it seems from here that we may infer that both versions of Rabbi Yochanan's teachings were likely given with, primarily with an eye toward situations where normative halakha would prevent an observant Jew from reaping necessary medical benefits from otherwise forbidden items. With Rav Shemi Bar-Ashi's elucidation, Rabbi Yochanan's teachings clearly that we are not meant to consider medicinal use of forbidden item as its normal mode of consumption or normal mode for the der- derivation of benefit from it. And in such cases, punishment for transgressing these mitzvot should be suspended. So this topic will be picked up again on the next stop, and the arguments made both in Rabbi Yochanan's teaching here and in the teachings of the subsequent stop make up a significant piece of the Gemara's contribution to halakhic medical ethics concerning administering medicines and treatments that include items halakhically forbidden from consumption and benefit. While there are a number of different categories of danger that a patient might need to be in that determine whether or not uh, these items may be used, the general principle does seem to hold that medicinal purposes are not the normative use of these forbidden items, um, and that opens the window for permitting their use in, in medical cases. But taking a step back from the narrowness of whether and how we might use different items for medicinal purposes, for me, Rabbi Yochanan's teaching opens up an essential question about the function of the halakhic system. Does forbidden truly mean total isolation, or is it merely an opening posture? Why, both here concerning kashrut and in Masechet Shabbat, concerning the forbidden melachot of Shabbat, do we engage with this subcategory of pator of al-asur, of actions we forbid, but for which we do not punish? As here, in the second Shabbat, the definitional boundary of what is pator of al-asr lies in whether the performance of the forbidden action was in its normal manner. If it was, then it is forbidden and punishable. But if it wasn't, we exempt the offender from punishment. 
There in Masechet Shabbat, the rabbis argue about how we set the boundaries of what is quote-unquote normative behavior. behavior. Are these local standards, national standards? If you could observe a use of an item in an international setting, would that be considered its normal use? What's interesting to me about our text here in Pesachim is that the rabbis seem to suggest, without arguing, that normative isn't about what is observable use by others, but what the day-to-day use by others is. Medicinal use of food items would certainly have been normative, and we have evidence to suggest that even with the case we are considering, putting animal fat on a wound, that that was a wound dressing well attested in ancient Greece and the Near East. So we might have thought that this would have been considered a quote-unquote normative use of Kalev, and thus forbidden. Could the rabbis really forbid medicinal use of any product? It seems from Ragamara that the answer was no. And here we see one of the places where humanity and halakha come together in an interesting, somewhat fuzzy dance about the boundaries of human instincts, preservation of health, and sacred living. But Rabbi Yochanan's statement wasn't only about medicinally used items. He made a much broader statement. And it's only Rav Ashi, Shimi Bar Ashi, who comes to clarify that we're probably talking about chelev and we're probably talking about this medicinal use. And so with this broad statement that Rabbi Yochanan makes, I think he begs us to ask, how can we bend our legal system to permit potentially life-saving measures, but more broadly, how do we construct the boundaries of our society? Is transgression without punishment still transgression? Or does the category of patur of al-asur open up the possibility to break down some of the isolationist characteristics of the halakha in favor of at least some measured exploration beyond the boundaries. How we read Rabbi Yochanan's teaching, and teaching like these, has more to do with how each of us and our views of the relative importance of being connected to the non-Jewish world, or being isolated from it, play out. Do we see his teachings as limited to situations which are dire or life-threatening? Or do we see his teaching as a gateway to a greater experience of the boundaries of halakha, that might up, open us up to new, exciting, and maybe also dangerous connection to the non-Jewish world. Regardless of the lessons one chooses to draw from these teachings, teachings like these afford us the opportunity to gaze back through history and watch other communities of Jews grapple with the same questions. Their answers may have been different from ours, but their questions and conversations provide us with valuable frameworks for navigating how we continue to be a people of holy pursuit. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.